And so, uh, as I stated, you are listening to Rochelle Wilson here at WHGE 95.3 FM for the Make Some Intelligent Noise Multimedia Justice Movement. And I wanted to share some information that has recently uh, been presented to me. Uh, as you know, I, I associate and I build relationships with people. I have comrades as well as constituents. And I also also have confidants. And one of my confidants was kind enough to offer me the final call newspaper. Uh, and I thank you to that particular minister. Thank you so much. Actually, it was Minister Robert Muhammad. And so I thank you so very much for that information. And one of the things on the front page uh, that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan speaks to, uh, as we are all going through our own decision-making process uh, and we are watching the statistics very carefully and very, uh, very closely, I will just give you the updated uh, statistical information of where we are to date with the COVID vaccines. Uh, and I will uh, tell you, I have to tell you that sitting in the presence and having an engaging conversation with Lieutenant Governor Dr. Bethany Hall Long, I can tell you uh, it was it was very pleasurable. She and I related because we are both mothers of single sons. We all we each have one son, and so we were able to make that motherly, that womanly connection because we're women of power. Uh, you know, in so many ways, I realize that I am an alpha wolf female. My spirit animal is the white wolf and a female white wolf. So I'm an alpha female. And for, for some people, you have no idea what I mean by my spirit. Uh, my spirit totem is the female white wolf. But please feel free to Google that. Uh, it is a woman who is extremely independent and perhaps fierce on occasions. Uh, leadership is, is, is mixed into all of that. And so that's my, my spirit totem. And I believe that uh, this could also be, and she is also an alpha female. And so sitting there in her office, uh, being able to connect with her, chit chat with her about issues, both on camera and of course off camera, which is where some of the most uh, enlightening conversations actually take place is when the microphone is turned off. She and I were able to do that and make that connection as alpha women and as mothers of single sons. We both have one son. And uh, so we were able to make that connection and we were able to chit chat. We will be chit chatting again moving forward. I will have her again uh, on the show. I am hoping to have the technicians here at WHGE upload the information or that interview so that it can be done live here at WHGE, or pre-recorded rather, and you would be able to hear for yourself how this woman speaks and answer the questions that I presented to her. And since this was our very first meeting, uh, a kind of a get to know each other uh, scenario, uh, I just went very light. But 
in all truth and honesty, she answered many questions that I was not going to pose to her in our very first interview. I did not want to offend her. I did not want to be a standoffish with her. I did not want her to feel boxed in with her back up against the wall uh, with my questions on the very first get to know each other. And so I was very light. But Bethany Hall Long, Dr. Bethany Hall Long, answered many questions uh, that maybe perhaps I wasn't going to ask. And she came forthright in transparency and she answered those questions. And so you really want to take a peek at that interview. She gave us some very important information in regards to how to move along with the pardon or parole process because it's a difference. Parole is different than pardon uh, and commutation. These are different processes. And because of some reforms that have been made, much ado with her office uh, being the spearheaded champions of those reforms, the process now for pardons Paroles and commutations are no longer taking two and three years. So if you are a loved one of someone who is in the belly of the beast, behind the walls, uh, inside of the prisons, anywhere in the state of Delaware, male or female prison, and this includes our jails, but particularly for our prisons where they house those who have committed what is considered as felonies. So the pardon, the parole, and the commutation process has now been shortened uh, where it's moving expeditiously so that people can be released in a timely uh, fashion and a timely manner to get back to their families. And I think that is a very important a piece of legislation or a piece of reform that has been implemented by the Lieutenant Governor's office. So we must say bravo to Dr. Bethany Hall Long for championing uh, that process in paroles, pardons, and commutations. So get that information, get those applications in to her office. Make sure that it is not, well, not her office, but to the parole and and, uh, pardon board's office. Make sure you get your applications on the table. You want to get that in there because it has been some reforms. And although uh, it is much to many of our disheartened, um, you know, We are disheartened at the very fact that we don't have more black, brown, and golden people that are sitting on the pardon and parole and commutation board. And that is indeed uh, a very, very sad scenario. Uh, But I was told in the interview uh, that there may be very well forthcoming more black, brown, and golden people who will sit on that board and who will be able to go through the process uh, in making sure that our black, brown, and golden applicants are men and women of color, of hue, hue man, man of hue, will have a fair and equitable opportunity to be pardoned, paroled, or commuted in their sentence. 
to make sure that it's fair across the board. But I'll tell you, in order to bring more equality to that board, and Lieutenant Governor Bethany Hall Long definitely shared with us the process that you can apply to become a part of that. You have to be elected into three of those five positions. There are five positions that sit on those boards and you must be elected to any three of them. Two, you cannot be. You cannot be elected as, as a magistrate or as a chancellor, as a judge. That's, that's, a, that's an appointment. And so the, the bottom line to all of this information I pray that it will be useful to you and you will be able to uh, actually move forward in using it, implementing this information for your family and your loved one. This is what Make Some Intelligent Noise is all about. Being able to inform the people of what's going on and how to go about making change to be the change that you want to see. If that makes any sense, you want to be the change that you want to see, right? Okay, so uh, sitting in that interview with her was indeed an honor uh, to get to that level in my interviewing. I will tell you that uh, Lieutenant Governor Dr. Bethany Hall Long was my 100th 100th interview. I've been doing this for two years here uh, at WHGE for two years. I have been interviewing people and uh, in those two years I can tell you it has been a learning experience. Every interview that I have conducted I have learned something because I went into the interview hoping, looking, seeking knowledge. And each and every person that I have interviewed, they have provided me some form of information or knowledge. Some folks, you know, some interviews, some of my guests uh, provided more knowledge and information or insight than others. But every single person that I've had the privilege and the honor to sit in the company of, of their presence, and they're all great. Each one of them, I say, I sat in the presence of greatness. For each one of them, some I could feel it more strongly than others. Some it was very soft and very passive, very gentle, and some of it was extremely alpha. But every guest interview that I have conducted has been a learning opportunity for me, <clears throat> which makes me better. It makes me a better advocate. It makes me, a, certainly makes me a better uh, interviewer uh, and a commentator. I believe that. And I do believe that I have grown in my skills as an interviewer, as a journalist, and as an advocate I have grown exponentially and I continue to grow and evolve and develop into a greater, better, more purposeful me. All thanks and all praise to that which is greater than me, 
to the divine spiritual energy that created the sun, the moon, the stars, and all of the various universes, the omniverse, to that God, to that spiritual divine creator, I say, hallelujah, and thank you. I am grateful for all that I have been able to accomplish and all that I will continue to move forward in accomplishing in the goals that have been set before me. I give thanks. I truly give thanks. And so it is here that I must take a quick moment to inject that in the month of November, I am in negotiations for a wonderful sit-down chit-chat with Newcastle County Executive Matt Meyer. I'm so excited to sit and chat with this man uh, who, much like Lieutenant Governor Dr. Bethany Hall Long, is just another person. They may have fancy titles uh, and they may have extremely high positions uh, in their work here in the state of Delaware. I assure you, these people are elected officials, public servants. They have been elected to be the servants of the people. And they too are people, even though they sit in very high seats. It is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan that reminds us that there is still a seat higher than any of the chairs here upon this earth. No matter how high the chair may be, the position of the title may be, there is still one and only one that is even higher, that we all must answer to, that we all must give account, accountability for our thoughts, words, deeds, and actions. So I never, ever, ever take that God out of the equation in all that I do. I keep that divine spiritual creator in my forefront, in my eyesight, my third eye, so that I may stay focused on where I'm supposed to be and where and what time I'm supposed to be there. And I'm not talking about meetings and Zoom conferences. I do mean in the most spiritual perspective. I must be in alignment with that which is greater than myself, greater than you, greater than all of us in order to do what I do and to do it well with any sense of dignity and grace and style. And I certainly, it is my greatest aspiration to become one of the greatest speakers of all times. I may never reach that, but I still will aspire to reach that. As I heard Timeless Thomas saying earlier in his broadcast, as I sat in the green room and listened to my fellow uh, host, Timeless Thomas said, don't be afraid. Do not put your life on the shelf waiting for this to happen before you can do that. Be happy, be joyful, find the joy, even if you must pull it up from within Find your niche, find your purpose. And I'll take it back again to something that I heard Lieutenant Governor Dr. Bethany Hall Long say in the interview. And it's something she is just 
preaching to the choir, words that I have used here since the beginning of my movement. Do not sit on the sidelines and watch your life go by, waiting for something else to happen before you can do the things and be the things or achieve the goals that you need to achieve and to be and to do. Get up, get out there. It does not matter if you have a physical limitation, perhaps your, your eyesight, uh, your hearing, uh, it could be your, your gift of voice, the gift to walk, you may, whatever your circumstance or situation is, no matter how bad it may seem, I know for a fact I'd be willing to put money on it. If I were a betting gal, I'd bet money on it. Somewhere in your existence lies a gift. Your ability to do something amazing Something amazing about you, a gift that Almighty Divine Spirit gave you, that you can do something to be a trailblazer, to be to 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 put your mark, leave your legacy upon this earth for your posterity, if not even only just to feel good within yourself, knowing that you've done something good. Be a trailblazer. But if you won't be a trailblazer, then just be a part of something greater than yourself. Do not sit on the sidelines. And that's kind of a combination of what I heard Timeless Thomas say today in the studio and what I heard Lieutenant Governor Dr. Bethany Hall Long say to me on Thursday, October 21st, 2021, which was my interview. We started at 12.30 and we were finished just about 1.15-ish, uh, somewhere in that time frame. And it was an absolute delight to sit and chat with her on the camera and, of course, the conversation that she and I had behind the camera. When the microphones were turned off, when my Facebook was shut down, the real chit-chat between she and I was delightful and we will do it again and I'm so thankful for that and I'm thankful that she was my 100th interview in two years my 100th interview so I believe that I am on purpose that I am in alignment moving eye to eye heart to heart soul to soul with that which is greater and more divine than myself the creator of the sun and the stars and the moon and the skies and the omniverse, that God, I'm in alignment. And that is not my ego, but that is my confidence. That is my confidence. All along the way, God shows me and will show you as you move forward in your journey. God will show you. The divine creator will let you know if you're on divine purpose or if you have uh, veered to the side, maybe you went east, maybe you went left, north, south. <laughs> but God will bring you back. He will bring you back into alignment to your divine purpose, whatever it is. I just strongly encourage you to find it, 
pursue it and be that and be happy in that. As a high school teacher uh, for 12 years, I was a substitute high school teacher. Those were the 12 happiest years of my career life. I couldn't imagine myself doing anything else that would make me happier than working with the children, being their teacher, standing up in front of classrooms of as many as 32 children and as small a group as four or five children and always wanted to do my best. It was a challenge that every day I woke up, I was ready to meet today's challenge. Couldn't imagine doing anything that would be more uh, inspiring to me and more challenging and joyful to me. I look forward to meeting with my children at 7.15 every morning. It was the joy of my life. And then it knocked on my door. The whole justice system, from the police arrest to the courtroom and the judge to the sentencing and straight to the prison, from the prison to uh, isolation. Remember, the first eight and a half, nine years of my son's sentence, he spent in isolation, solitary confinement. For what reason? It is still uh, baffling to me. I do not understand why my son had to be in solitary confinement for the first nine years of, a, of 12 years. Thus to date, he's been there for 12 years sentenced to 25 for a liquor store robbery with no injuries but they consider it strong arming even if you don't have a weapon just strong arming someone because you're real big and my son is really big he's like 6'2 at the time he was 6'2 200 and something pounds of all man preparing for the United States Marine Corps he had been accepted into the Marines prior to his uh, incident at the liquor store that got him arrested. Had he made it, he would be now the United Sta in the United States Marine Corps. Didn't make it. Went to the liquor store. And now he's in prison. And at the time, he was a big guy. And so just that alone is enough to, to make it a felony. <laughs> and so we make our choices. And here we are. He went from the liquor store to solitary confinement. And God only knows the trauma that that could normally cause any human mind to be isolated from human contact outside of the, the only human contact you have is people in guards in uniform screaming and being mean to you and throwing food at you or telling you to get up and go here and do this and do that. But no love, no, no empathy, no compassion. For nine years, he sat in solitary confinement. But you know what? This is how I know that I serve a great and mighty God. Nine and a half years, he sat in solitary confinement. And he is smarter today than he was the day that he was arrested.
You see, the point of me telling you all of that is simply this. God will take what you do, your choices as a negative and what the devil or the Satan or Shaitan means for you to, to destroy you. God will take that, twist it around, mix it up in a pot and put you back in a place where he'll use that negative, turn it into a positive for your own good and elevation. My son now has spent 12 years incarcerated. And in those nine years of solitary confinement, he spent 17 and a half hours per day studying the law, studying the Constitution of the United States, studying world uh, stocks and trades and bonds and uh, real estate and property ownership. He used those nine and a half years, those nine years, he used that time. God used that time to make him better. Because see, when Justin was out here with us and amongst us as a young boy, milk still running from behind his ears at 21 years old, because we know you're not fully developed until you're about 25. Milk still running from behind his ears, ripping and running in the streets. Then he joined and went through 15 months of very rigorous training to prepare for the United States Marine. He made it. It changed his whole life and perspective. He had finally made it. And in two weeks, he would have been out of the hood. And God only knows where they would have sent him, considering the climate uh, of today's military and the military 12 years ago, considering that climate, maybe God saved his life. Perhaps God saved his life. So I don't know. I'm not that divine God, but... The point that I'm making, I'm telling you all of this intimacy, my intimate details of my personal life. I'm sharing that with you for one reason, to make that point. God will take what was meant for your evil, for your negative, for your destruction and turn that into a positive that will build you up and elevate you for God's purpose. And it is still yet to be revealed what purpose does God have for my son, Justin? What does God Almighty, the divine universe, want to use him to do? What is his purpose? We will find out in due time. We shall see. I believe that God will reveal it to us immediately upon Justin's release from incarceration. His training Perhaps God's training in the prison <laughs> will have prepared him for what God will use him to do once he is liberated from the encampment of prison incarceration. This is my this is my thinking. And in nine years of being locked up in solitary confinement, he is not crazy. Yes, traumatized. He definitely needs to talk with someone and really release some tears and maybe a punching bag. I'm certainly going to get him a punching bag to release some frustration. Uh, hopefully he'll find a lovely lady, maybe a really nice woman, a good woman, 
who can love him and uh, and be a good friend and a comrade and confidant to him. That will help him tremendously. Every good man needs a greater woman. I assure you it's meant to be that way. The original divine creation was one man and one woman. Uh, maybe it was one man and four women, but either way, <laughs> you know, man and woman, they do need each other. And it, it's so much more than sex. It's about the, the emotional connection, the tie, the humanity of it. So for nine years, my son had no human companionship, com compassion, uh, empathy. He talked to no one but me and my little 86-year-old auntie who kind of took over the position of, of mom after my mother crossed over his grandmother. So God will use what is put towards negative and turn it around for your own good. So do not let the, the trials and, and the attacks of negativity, even if they're ones that you bring on yourself because you made a stupid decision to do something really, really silly. You didn't think it through and you made a really bad choice, a learning lesson. Don't let it stop you. Even if it incarcerates you, whether physically or emotionally, because I'm not in any out, outer prison, I'm free. I can get in my car and go where I choose to go. But emotionally, there are some prison bars around my heart and my soul because my son, because my son is not here to cut the grass and feed the dogs and, and just talk to me and be my son. If you have your son or your daughter, or your child is with you, give thanks and praise. Because you could be sitting in my seat and not have your child with you. I know that I could be sitting in the chair of a mother or a father whose child has been taken from them completely. Can't even visit or do a video visit with them. Their child is completely gone. What a heartbreaking, oh my God, <laughs> heartbreaking. How heartbreaking for a parent to deal with that. So no matter how bad it is, there's always a scenario that's a, a little bit more challenging than yours. Do not let your challenges stop you from becoming great. Doing great things for the divine creator, almighty divine God. I went off on a tangent. Uh, I was inspired <laughs> to share that with you. I don't know. It just kind of kind of came in. The Holy Spirit might have taken over, but those words definitely did not come from my thoughts and my content for today's broadcast. It came from someplace deep inside of me that I share with you. And perhaps, maybe by the grace of God, someone will be inspired to get up and become a trailblazer. Don't sit on the sidelines. Become a trailblazer. Get involved. Do something positive with your life and your energy. And do it today. So, Moving forward from there, uh, again, I 
kind of just must have gotten into a spirit there somewhere because that wasn't a part of my original content. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I'm glad I was able to say it. So I pray that you can receive it. What is in my broadcast today, as I began to uh, share with you earlier, that uh, Minister Robert Muhammad shared with me, stopped by my house and shared with me uh, the final call, the updated final call. And I just want to share with you some statistical information. You do with it as you choose. Here at the radio station, I will not say anything negative about the COVID-19 vaccine. I cannot and I will not. What I am allowed to do is give you statistical data that you can then research for yourself and make your own decisions. And so one of the things that I thought it was very important to share with you um, from that final call is that um, according to the statistics, $3.5 billion uh, was generated as revenue for Pfizer, the pharmaceutical uh, company, in the first three months, the first 90 days from the moment that the vaccine rolled out, uh, the first three months, the first 90 days from the moment that it rolled out, Pfizer made $3.5 billion profit, billion dollar profit. Also, the final call shares with me um, and then, of course, I did some Google researching. So, you you know, when you read something, you can't just believe everything you see or you, that you read or you hear. You got to do the research for yourself and you got to let your own intuition uh, as well be your spirit of discernment and guide you through some things. Some things you just need a spirit of discernment. And so uh, Operation Warp Speed, uh, which is produced by the federal government or implemented by the federal government, provided $18 billion in funding for the development of the COVID-19 vaccine. Operation Warp Speed also uh, got behind Joe Biden in herd immunity, herding immunity. Uh, we want to get everybody the jab. We want to shoot them in the arm with the vaccine. And uh, Operation Warp Speed, created by the federal government and standing behind uh, uh, President Joe Biden for herd immunity, they provided $18 billion in funding for the development of the COVID-19 vaccine, to which $3.5 billion in the first three months, the first 90 days, Pfizer made $3.5 billion in profit from the COVID-19 vaccine. And uh, also it says that 30% um, of the vaccinated, 30% of those who have been vaccinated in America have a lower risk, but not a 100% full uh, risk of 
contracting or contraction of the COVID-19 virus. And maybe I didn't say that correctly. What I what I'm hoping to say or relay is simply that 30% of the vaccinated Americans that have re- fully vaccinated, fully 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 vaccinated, they do have a lower opportunity of contracting or of transmitting the COVID-19 virus. It's lower. But it is not 100% guarantee that the fully vaccinated will not still carry or transmit the COVID-19 virus, the SARS, which as Dr. Bethany Hall Long says has been studied for 19 years, which is why they're calling it COVID-19, COVID-SARS, COV sars COV SARS 2 uh, 19 because it's been studied, they've been studying it for 19 years, thus explains why it was on the back of the Lysol cans in 2016 that it kills the coronavirus. So, uh, knowledge is power, and I thought that was an interesting little tidbit that I picked up in the interview while chit chatting with her. Um, and so In closing on that piece, I also need to share with you that wearing a mask is uh, also about a 60% guarantee that you will not transmit the COVID-19 virus wearing your mask. However, if the mask is soiled by your talking, you're talking through the mask, as you talk, you're, you're, just, you're spitting out little bits of your saliva into the mask, and that is soiling the mask. Also, most masks are not 100% airtight uh, around your face, because then like you would need some other apparatus in order to breathe if your mask were 100% airtight. You wouldn't get any air through your nose and your mouth. So there has to be portals of air for you to breathe through the mask. And as you wear your mask, if it becomes soiled with your own saliva and the breathing yourself, just breathing your nose through the mask, then that goes down to about a 30%, 30% of guarantee to avoid the transmission of the COVID-19 or coronavirus, the SARS. if your mask has been soiled. There is nothing that is 100%. And I have to say it the way Timeless Thomas gave it to me. It was so uh, almost rude. It was street language, you know, but I really think it was impactful and it made a good point to me. And I could say it uh, in all of these great fancy words I could use, but I think I'm just going to repeat it the way Timeless Thomas said it. And I quote you, if you fart, In your blue jeans, does that mean that no one sitting around you is going to smell it? No, it does not. Because nothing is going to stop airflow. Air flows. Even a mask is not going to stop the transmission of the COVID-19 coronavirus uh, SARS-CoV number two. It's just not going to stop it. 
the vaccine is just not going to stop the transmission and, and herd and immunity of every American, every person in the world right now got the vaccine because as Bishop Gibson, I was so delighted to have him here with me, uh, I believe it was last Saturday, and he made a very good point. Uh, if every human being in the world were vaccinated, uh, you know, it's still not 100% guarantee that with all of the mutations that there would still not be a coronavirus simply by an additional name. Coronavirus, uh, MU, MU or whatever it's called. You know, I, I'm just trying not to even keep up with most of this stuff. I simply want to give you the information and let you make these decisions for yourselves. And although many of us uh, not myself included. I have not received a vaccine. I have not. I am not interested in doing that for my own personal reasons, uh, which I cannot share with you any longer here at the radio. And perhaps you no longer want to hear it anyway, uh, but you would be able to catch that on my podcast. However, I am not vaccinated, but I will be glad to go and get a little nose swab test uh, to show you that I'm free and clear of the coronavirus. I don't have a problem with doing that because now when they do the testing, they are not uh, breaking the membrane by sticking the swab all the way up. Many people, they broke their membrane, their nasal membrane by sticking the swab all the way up in order to get something to, to test. And they then later found out that it was not necessary to, to break that membrane. Those membranes are in our nasal uh, cavities for a reason to protect us. So breaking it would would simply allow any type of foreign objects to get beyond the point where it should get if the membrane had not been broken. So now they're doing the swab test just a little bit on the inside of the nasal cavities and not going all the way up to break the membrane, which is up to the point pretty much where you would sit your glasses. If you put a pair of glasses on your, on your nose, Right there is where the membrane sits. And the original testing, they were using the swabs to, to break those membranes. And that is no longer being done. Thank God uh, they realized that that was a faux pas on their behalf. And it is yet to be revealed how many more faux pas have been uh, or will be revealed for this experimental vaccine that has not been tested uh, except it has been administered. And that will be the test of how good it is or how not so good it is. And many countries, many countries are using natural homeopathic remedies in order to stay healthy uh, and to keep their bodies well, like well-oiled machines. So there's lots of natural, healthy foods that you can eat. You know, one of the things that the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan teaches us is to eat to live. Don't live to eat. The people that told you that you need three square meals a day of meat and potatoes, they told you a lie. Because if you do the breakdown of, let's just say steak, uh, a red meat, whatever, pork chop, steak, whatever, 
and a potato, when you combine those two things together, they actually don't match. They don't do very well in the digestive system. So you shouldn't be eating steak with a potato uh, and putting that at the same time in your body. Maybe the steak at one point, if that's if you got to have a steak, then eat that at one point and some veggies. And then later on in the day, have a potato and maybe some fruit. Eat to live, people. Don't live to eat. You have to live healthy. You have to give your body the nutrients that it needs in order to fight off bacteria, which is what I was trying to get to. If the mask is soiled and you've been wearing it for a couple of hours, you know, and definitely do not work out in it. If the mask is soiled, it then begins to grow microorganisms that lead to bacteria and germs. So reusing the mask or having the mask on for more than a couple of hours is not healthy. Not to mention the low emissions of CO2 in our bodies, the carbon dioxide that we're breathing in by breathing through a mask, not just our natural flow of air as the almighty divine God created it to be. So, sure, wear your mask. I'm wearing my mask. At the times that I must wear it, I'm wearing it. I assure you they're very short periods of time. And I never wear the same mask twice except for one I have my favorite. And I spray that with alcohol until I can get it to the house. And there I will wash it. So you need to wash your mask. Spray them with alcohol. Spray your hands with alcohol, wash your hands, do whatever you got to do to stay healthy. But folks, please eat to live, eat healthy. Many nations and countries have refused the vaccine simply because they are eating natural God-given plants and roots and elderberries and vitamin C's and B12 and B6. And so, you know, conventional uh, pharmaceutical manufactured medicines as Bishop Gibson made it very clear we go to the through the pharmacy and we get these synthetic medicines and we put them in our bodies all of the time thinking that it's curing one thing and yet over here it's making us sick as hell <laughs> because of the side effects of it so we cured this we're no longer sick from that but now we've got four or five other sicknesses or illnesses or diseases, diseases as a side effect of whatever we took to cure us from that over there. They're synthetic, synthetic, made from nature and synthesized. It's a replication. These pills that we take at the pharmaceutical companies, and I'll never forget the day that I heard Attorney General Kathy Jennings say to me, pharmaceutical companies are the biggest drug dealers in the world. The biggest drug dealers in the world are the pharmaceutical companies. So ladies and gentlemen, do not think for one moment that the pharmaceutical companies are not backing uh, mainstream media. Uh, many of the radio stations, television news broadcast stations have been paid by the federal government and mainstream media is certainly uh, being paid uh, and other federal government agencies are being paid in order to push the vaccine. And that is exactly what Big Pharma would like 
to see happen. That's putting money in their pockets. So yeah, herd immunity so billions of dollars can be made by Johnson & Johnson, Pfizer, Moderna, and the list just goes on. What is it? Uh, Klein, Saxo, somebody, something. Anyway, all these big pharmaceutical companies, they're making billions of dollars from the vaccine. They put billions in, and now they're making billions are coming out. And this is exactly a part of the plan. So you make your decision. And uh, speaking of eating to live, when I leave the station, I am definitely heading over to the Masjid number 35 on Market Street. Today is their fish fry. Are their fish? They've got the, the kitchen is open. So you can come over and get some really healthy foods that aren't full of starches and sugars and byproducts and artificial this and artificial that. Do you know that artificial flavorings cause blood clots? Did you know that? How many people knew that artificial flavorings cause blood clots? And a lot of the foods that we eat are artificial flavors. Artificially flavored this, artificially colored dyed that. So what you put into your body is what you're going to get out. If you put garbage in, you're going to get garbage out. And you'll know it just by going to the bathroom and smelling your own stool. You'll know that you put garbage in your body yesterday or two days ago, depending on how often you use the bathroom. So you got to know, people, what you put in is what you get out. That's anything in life. What you put in life is what you get out. You don't put anything in, you don't get nothing out. It's pretty plain and simple. You put garbage, sugar, starchy foods, white rice, white sugar, white, all of this stuff in your body, then that's, then that's how you're going to live. Your body is going to have a reaction to those types of foods. <laughs> and I'll be the last person to talk about obesity. Because I know our sisters, black women, brown women, uh, Spanish, Latin American women, we're just by nature, we'll, we are built thick. The majority of us, we are built thick. You know, boom, bam, bop, bop, hips and breasts and, you know, thighs, you know, hips and thighs and legs. We big curls just by the way nature built us. So... I won't go into obesity, but I will say that there is a healthy, there is a healthy weight for all of us. Each one of us has a healthy weight based on our size and, and things of that nature that determine our healthy weight. But when you get to the point that it's hard to breathe, you can't walk up a flight of steps or you can't run one block. That is saying something about your heart and your lungs. Think about the foods and the, the toxins that you are putting into your body. Hey, I love a glass of vodka every now and again on a Friday. I like to hang out with my, my girl, Emily, and we will go and have, uh, I make my own. Pure pineapple, pure strawberry, raspberries, blueberries, whatever fruit I have available, I'll mix it and blend it up. Pour a little vodka in that thing with some ice, crushed ice, and, and before you know it, bam. A delicious frozen drink that even though it has the vodka in it, it's still healthy with all of the natural pineapple and strawberry and blueberries and kiwi and watermelon fruit that I have blended into it. So what you put in 
is what you're going to get out. But there's always moderation, people. If you want to be healthy, you want to get beyond the coronavirus, you want to be healthy and everybody is well, I don't particularly say yes or no to herd immunity. You have to make your own decision on that. I've made my decision and I've made my stand. Even though the consequences that I have to suffer um, really kind of piss me off a little bit. I've made my stand on the COVID-19 vaccine. I've made my stand. And yes, I'm a cigarette smoker. I'm a cigarette smoker, but I can run a block. I can walk up two or three flights of stairs before I become, oh, I need to, I need to breathe a little bit. But that's not COVID or Corona. That's cigarette smoke. And I know. I already know what the future very well may bring for me as a result of that. But hey, in every other area of my life, I am very mindful of what I put into my body, into my soul, into my spirit. What I put in is what you're going to get out of me. So if I put garbage in my brain, if I listen to mass media and I don't do research and study and learn things for myself, then what am I feeding my brain and my soul and my spirit? I'm feeding it whatever mass media, whatever lie they're telling me, if they keep saying it enough and put it everywhere, every billboard, every commercial, every radio station, every television station is telling me that without the vaccine, I'm going to die. If I continue to feed that to my spirit, then yeah, I'm going to eventually begin to believe the lie. I may even get to the point where I begin to believe that I'm going to die without it. And then fear kicks in. Fear. Fear is something else, honey. It'll make you do things that you would never normally do. And I believe that a good portion of the people that received the vaccine, they did it out of fear. They did it out of fear. Afraid. Of what if, what if this happens, what if that, or I don't want to be sick, and I don't want to, and, 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 and mass media said in the journal, and I turned on the news, and I read the newspaper, and, and they all tell me, that, that, that. so I'm afraid, so I'm going to do it, I'm going to get this vaccine and feel right as rain, still only 65% protected, but some people say 65 is better than zero, hey, I can't argue with you one way or another, those are your, it's your body, your choice. It's my body, it's my choice. When I leave here, I'm going to Masjid 35 and get myself some of that good cooking, that healthy, natural food that they got going on today. They got some good stuff going on over there and I'm going to go check it out. That's what Rochelle Wilson is going to do. You have to do whatever is right for you. And I pray each and every one of you well. But just know, if you have received the vaccine, and you are now finding out the information that I and many others like me have always known. And you're coming to a place where you would like to detoxify to get that COVID vaccine out of your body. Please, please reach out and let us know. Masjid number 35 can certainly answer a lot of your questions on what you can take to get the COVID-19 vaccine out of your blood system, out of your system, out of your street. Get it out of you. Clean it out. Detoxify and get that shot out of you. 
if you have started doing the research and you've learned the things that many of us have learned. You can detoxify. In the interim, uh, in the last part of the show, I just want to say um, I'm feeling some kind of way about the moratorium, if I'm saying that correctly. The moratorium has been lifted and now folks got to pay their water bill or else water is being shut down. People's water is being turned off. Let me say this in response to that. For all of the mayors and the governors and all of the other public servants, elected public servants, for all that you've done to help us through this COVID pandemic, we appreciate you and we thank you from the sincerity of our hearts. But you have got to understand, people, many of us had to alter, switcheroo, and get flexible real fast on employment, how we were going to work from home, the corporations had to send people home who had to get computers and whatever it took in order to do their jobs efficiently. Many big corporation people decided to stay home and work from home. And that's fine. But at last count, I believe I said this on my last report, but it's worthy of me repeating it. 330,000 Americans who have refused the COVID-19 vaccine are unemployed Americans. Unemployed Americans because we refuse to take the COVID-19 vaccine. We're, we're fine with a little test swab right here, a little bit swab right here on the nasal cavity. That's fine. A little bit right down here. But don't go all up into where my membranes are. That's, you can't do that. <laughs> but right here, yeah, sure, I'll go in for a swab every week to show you that I'm healthy and I'm well. Hire me. I am overqualified for many jobs, but I don't feel like I'm above. I don't mind working for Amazon or Walmart or what's that other place, Wawa. I don't mind working for these places. I'm sure there's something there to learn. And with my personality, I would go there and meet people and have a blast. I assure you it's true. But I am looking for something a little bit more in my lane, which for me, uh, is returning citizens. I would like to work with the returning citizens population. I loved being able to do that working for the state of Delaware. I loved it. It was fabulous. Keeping seven logs on every one client is a bit much, a bit much for the tracking. Seven logs for each person? Every time I have a, if I say hello, good morning to you, how are you doing today? And you're a returning citizen. I have seven logs that I now have to fill out. Seven logs of paperwork I've got to fill out because I said, good morning. How are you? How are you doing today? That was a little much. That's a little bit much. Seven logs? I don't know about that part. 
but two or three is fine. Two logs at the end of the day, three logs, you know, you've got to write down and track all the information, the data. It's very important to keep the data of who you helped and how many. That's, very, I, that's fine. I don't have a problem with that. If I can do seven logs, I can certainly do two or three if necessary. I can do it. But who will hire me if I refuse the vaccine? Do you really think that mandating the vaccine is going to force people to go to these jobs that mandate it? All school teachers now, everybody, anybody in dealing with the school is Governor Carney has mandated you must be vaccinated to work in a school with the children. So that's out. I, I can't go back to my babies, to the children. I got to find something else to do. But I'll leave you with this, America. I'll leave you with this. May God have grace upon each and every one of us. God has given us everything we need to stay healthy and alive if we just be mindful and use it. Just 